Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your other host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, how's it going? Good, good. We are now in a post-Star Trek Discovery era. Yes, we are, and there will be no spoilers here. No spoilers here. Sorry, guys. Um, maybe we'll, we'll do a special Star Trek Discovery episode in the near future, but nothing today. Yes. Although I feel different. That's all I'm going to say right now. <laughs> Uh, but we are here today to talk about Star Trek Three, uh, Search for Spock. We're talking about Minute 31. Minute 31 starts with Captain Esteban saying, Grissom to Savick, and ends a minute later with David and Savick looking into Spock's photon tube and seeing what? Seeing what, Chris? What do they see? It's a cliffhanger. No. I got nothing for you, buddy. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, Grissom to Savick, Esteban is, um, uh, informs them from high up in orbit that they're picking up radi- radiation from the life form, which they beam down to investigate. Yeah. Um, do you think they would have done that, spotted that beforehand, before they beamed down? Um, I, I would think they would have done a detailed scan before they would have, you know, before they would have gone down to the planet. Right. So was, I know David was very gung-ho, right? They found life. He's like, we should beam it up, right? Yep, we should so beam it up. And Esteban was like, no way. And then they were like, well, you know, we can go down to the planet. Yeah, and but and Esteban clearly is a man of uh, procedure and process and c- caution. So I, 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 I don't know if I believe that. Oh. I think he's more a man worried about his reputation than he is about a man of procedure. His line, very well, exercise caution, Lieutenant. This landing is captain's discretion, and I'm the one who's out on a limb. He's more worried not about them. He's he's more worried that something's going to happen to them, and he's going to have to answer for it. Okay. So do you think we've hit, we've, we've gotten right to the core? I mean, we talked about when we first saw Esteban and like the first line he, yeah. he uttered when he was, you know, given all of his orders to the communications officer were like, wow, we've learned a lot about Esteban right. just there. Do you think even now, now we've like hit the core of who this man is just with this statement? Well, I think he's, you know, I think he's concerned about, you know, he's the captain and how I look and I'm by the book. Like he, I think the, all those things are part of who he is. I mean, we definitely saw, like you said, in his original line, it was something about sending a coded message, and um, and he did it by the book. But he also does it, I think he does things by the book to make himself look good. And I feel like this line here is why I believe that, because he's like, I'm the one who's out on a limb. Well, yeah, we know. You're the captain, dude. We get it. Right. You made, the, you made the, the choice, but don't, like, punish other people for it. Or... Yeah. <laughs> It's obnoxious. It's like he's a total cover your butt kind of guy, right? Yeah. I think he even at a, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of Esteban. It, it, and it's, yeah, in this in this minute, I definitely realize. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of Esteban. 
and it's amazing because it's just it's just the one line and you're like yep yeah, i'm done with him <laughs> it's if the, i i have a feeling the more we see him you're just the more we're gonna we would just continue to get more of this all along not that he's blocking things like he's not like nope you're not doing it he's just like i'm gonna let you do it but i'm gonna remind you constantly <laughs> that i let you do it and you're lucky i let you do it and you know it's i just i see i see more and more of this um if he was in the film more right yeah not to definitely say that, not to give anything away but he's not in the <laughs> film much <more>. spoiler <laughs> no 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 just you know it's, he had a small part small part to play yeah. uh so so Savic, Savic replies right affirmative captain our readings are well below danger level um so uh, they're they're David's and we see now David and and uh, Savic. David's got a tricorder out. Savic's on the communicator, and they're in some, you know, <laughs> terrible set. Some terrible bad <laughs> set. Yes. Terrible job. I I, I, sh- I know we're going to say this a lot, <laughs> so I'm just going to apologize now for all the times we're going to say what a bad set they're on. But yeah, they're walking through the <laughs> walk through the jungle. But I I do like this first look we get of uh, David's. David's got a cool jacket on. So I want to. So I want to back up before we get to David's jacket, which, yes, oh. very, very cool. So I want to back okay. up. Well, so we, uh, yeah, so we so we get the, you know, Grissom to, to Savick. We're picking up affirmative. Yes, we do see the jacket, which is a fantastic jacket, except for the big giant badge on it. Oh, are we talking about the jacket or not? Yeah, we can talk about the jacket. <laughs> I, I was out of order for a second there. That's okay. Are you... <laughs> You're out of order. you're out of order. Uh, no, because I wanted to talk about the the screen that when we're looking at Esteban when he says his line and the two red and yellow dots that represent Savic and um, Savic and David. Okay. Which comes after we see the jacket. Oh, it comes after the suit jacket. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So the first thing we see is them climbing up, and we see David with the jacket and the tricorder and. Then we switch back to Esteban where he's like, hey, my butt's on the line here. And then we see that awesome scan of the planet with the two blinking dots that represent the two people there. <laughs> 23rd century technology, let me tell you. Well, you know, I – okay. Yeah, so the, the I did not notice the – I don't know how I missed it. I did not notice the two blinking lights. And uh, Are they different colors? Is like one red and one yellow or is it just me? Yeah, one's red and one's yellow. Obviously, I don't know who's who, but Mm, let's think. So David would David have red blood, presumably. (laughs) Savic has green blood, although she's part Romulan, so I don't know what color blood Romulans have. I would Uh, imagine green because they're descend. They're you know part of the Vulcan history, heritage, whatever. They diverged at one point. Okay, I'm gonna go with. Savic is the red one because she's a Starfleet officer, and they wear the red maroon uniforms. Oh, David is yellow. Okay, uh, that's a good one. And then let's see if we look at the orientation. <laughs> so, David and Savic are coming at us. David's on the left, right when they walk towards the camera. Yep. Savic's on the right, but if we reverse the shot and look down at them from above, presumably what this is. With his view is on the on the console, Savic would be on the left and David would be on the right. So I think mm. that I think I think you're right. 
All right, let's go with that. It also looks like the MasterCard symbol. It does. <laughs> Do you think that's some really, really subtle pl- product placement for uh, Paramount? Wow, that would be super subtle. <laughs> hey, look at those dots. i got to go charge something. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, I did not notice that. And it, yeah, it's you know, can't quite can't quite call this display an Atari display. This is the same one we we saw earlier when yes. when they were when they were scanning the all the different uh, terrain types. Um, this is probably like the ColecoVision uh, display, <laughs> right? Slightly higher res graphics, but yeah, are they blinking in sync too? I just I know I'm, now we're really digging into this. Now you're mesmerized. Yeah, they're blinking in sync. Okay, so it's not their heart rates; it's just them. Well, let's see. What's next then? So they're they're climbing up the hill, and Savick is uh, just being a little snarky because Esteban says, "You know, uh, this is this this landing is captain's discretion, and I'm the one who's out on a limb." And she's, uh, "I'll try to remember that." You know, I felt like that was a little snarky line back to him. It's totally snarky, but I will say it's also totally Savick. She's got a little bit of the. A little bit, yeah. And you know what, Dave? I just saying that out loud. I'm like, this is totally savage. I just realized, I'm like, oh my god, am I? When I when I say totally savage, my my brain is split in two. Right? One yeah. is it's totally Kirstie Alley, right? right? But, but then it's also totally Robin Curtis. And now when I say it's totally savage, am I? Am I? I think I'm actually talking about Robin Curtis's savage mm-hmm. because I don't remember if Kirstie Alley was ever snarky. Other um, than other than when she said, you know, as I indicated, Admiral, the thought had never occurred to me. You know, yeah, that was she, that she had a couple of she had a couple of snarky lines in there. Um, you know, you lied. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there were a couple of little little snark lines. You know, they weren't like I feel like this is very overt in terms of her snarkiness. Like I'll try to remember that. Whereas the other ones were just, uh, you know, a little bit more subtle. Yeah, yeah. But I and agree. This, the line definitely feels savic. Feels savic, and I'm like, oh boy! And uh, I'm now that I said that, I'm going to be hyper aware of, you know, these character traits or whatever. Is you know, uh, obviously it's two actresses playing the character, and they're each going to bring their own thing to the character. And I'll be curious if we see any other kind of things like, oh, that's a totally Robin Curtis savic thing, you know, versus Kirsty. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye. Other than the hairstyle, that's all we got right now. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and she does have a little bit of a when she delivers that line. There is a little tiny hint of a smile, or a, like um, she knows she 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 knows uh, Esteban just like we do. Like oh god, this guy. So she's got she's got a little bit of that maybe mini disgust on her face. What a jerk! Yeah, thanks for nothing, pal. Yeah. Uh, is this the first time we've seen the communicator? Um, it is, and obviously it's. Different than you know, Rathacon. They had the you know the silver box last time, and this is more of a what appears to be more of a traditional TOS uh, communicator, like a flip-up communicator. Yeah, with a nice gold it's, gold cover. But it looks a little bigger, though. It looks a little beefier than the uh, the the ones they had on the on the original show. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the, yeah, they were a little tinier on the original series. Yeah. I mean, God, the Rathacon one is you know. God love it, but it was like a looked like a brick in their hand. It was huge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wish we had a little more of a. 
it's tantalizing glimpse in this scene. Yes. You don't really get a good look at it, but it's definitely modeled after old style. Right, yeah. Approved. So they come over the ridge and they spot the tube. And it's all dirty. It's in, looks like a different position. So when we were back in minute, I think minute number three, we we originally see, you know, we, we come over the... Uh, we we see the intro again, you know the scene with uh, Kirk and Spock, you know, uh, in the in the sort of blue format that turns into color, and then we see the you know we come down from you know the sky and we see the pod and it's all pristine, right? But here we see a dirty a dirty pod, <laughs> a dirty pod. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, what happened? So. I have a partial answer, but it it's from next minute because we haven't reached that part, and I'm wondering if that's in minute 32. I might have an answer. Okay, shoot. Let's why don't we save it then? Right. So, but the first thing I notice is, is like, wow, it's all dirty. It's not shiny, and you know, looks like it's softly landed. It 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 looks kind of disturbed, and you know, something's going on here. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it looks like it's been disturbed. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It, it, you're right. You're right. I never noticed this before. the 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 end of Rathacon, the opening sequence of this movie, it's like this. It's on hollowed, hallowed ground. You're like, oh, oh, oh look at it's box tube, and it's all, you know, you almost needed just like a bird to land on it lightly, and you know, just <laughs> yeah, perfect the perfect the image of of paradise. Yeah, and here it looks like it looks more like what. <laughs> It probably should have when it soft landed. It, it, I'm sure it took a tumble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I expect a, yeah, I, I pretty much expected kind of like a crater. And I know, obviously, soft landed. Yes, we we know soft landed, soft landing. But in my mind, I still expected like partial way in the you know on an angle sticking out of the ground. Right. But then, how would you open it? It's it's all these yeah. you know. Uh, Movie magic. Uh, okay, so we're gonna say we're gonna save dirty, dirty pod. Is that what you call it? <laughs> dirty pod for next minute. Dirty. Pod. I think I might have an answer for it. Okay. All right. So they come running down the hill. Uh, Savikin, Savikin, David come running down the hill. Um, and they come over to the pod, <clears throat> and they both have this. I almost want to say David has a, like a very disgusted worried look on his face and Savick is like <gasps> almost like what is that yeah totally uh and then we hear this you know we hear the beeping of the tricorder and then we hear this weird weird noise it is weird. slimy slimy squelchy squelchy good one that is a good way to put it Ugh. and then yeah and we get the tricorder beep right Going almost off the charts, like oh, they're gonna find, they're finding something. So, what do you think they're seeing? Is it Spock? Well, I don't think so because <laughs> I uh, don't know. Just, like, well, they're here. They made it. This is the right. We're thirty minutes into the movie. A search for Spock. They found someone's at his tube. We're gonna right. see Spock, right? Or we're gonna see some. Well, that's what burn. I think people think because as they're coming down the hill, you do get a glimpse of the tube from the reverse side, and you do see that it is open. You get a very quick glimpse off to the left, 
you can see the seal has been broken and the and the tube's cover is open. Oh, jeez, um, really? Just a little bit. And then we okay. get the view of, you know, they're looking at the Mark VI, you know, logo, and then you see the microbes, or in, microbes in an advanced state, I guess. Um, you know, David says, you know, there are your life forms. These were microbes on the tube surface. We shot them here from Enterprise. They were fruitful and multiplied. I just call them disgusting, but... Yeah, they are disgusting. Uh, I have a problem. I have a problem with this line. Okay, uh, go for it. So I know David's a scientist. David's a smart guy. It seems to me he took an extraordinary leap to, you know, say that these disgusting worm things we're looking at right now yep. uh, were microbes on the surface of the tube. Right. Would that have been your first thought? I would. I would have been more like, oh, these must have grown here as part of the Genesis wave. That's exactly what I would have thought that they were they would have been you know part of the microbes that would have formed on the surface much like you know our own planet did billions of years ago. Sure. If you um, believe in that kind of stuff. Yes, if you believe in that sort of stuff. <laughs> um so I went and looked up uh some of the stuff on on the microbes specifically and uh, Memory Alpha has an entry about the gen- Genesis microbes. Now obviously We'll see more about the microbes later, but this is specifically about the microbes that we're seeing now. And it says, the Genesis microbe was a life form that inhabited the Genesis planet, but was of alien origin. The first arrived in Spock's tube soon after the artificial formation of the planet, but still during the Genesis effect. Originally, microscopic life forms natural from Earth starships environments, like the torpedo tube, they evolve to macroscopic organisms due to the Genesis wave. So that sort of explains that they are microscopic life forms that are common to starship environments. However, my problem with this is wouldn't the Enterprise now be riddled with all these little microbes growing all over the hull of the Enterprise or in the in the tubes? Because if it says originally microscopic life forms natural from they evolved to macroorganisms due to the Genesis wave. Well, as the Enterprise was escaping from the explosion, they were engulfed in the Genesis wave. Hmm. I so do you, do you think I they like had it. the pest crew in the in the tube? Uh, you know, pest crew to tube two, please for Genesis wave macroscopic organism cleanup. You're just you're picturing like the surface, the outer surface of the Enterprise covered in these things. Is that what you're thinking? I am. I totally am. Uh, well, I I like it. I would love to have seen that. <laughs> and I guess there is some, uh, you know, there there is some ambiguity about whether they were always racing ahead of the wave in warp, or they or they were were just on the leading edge, because. Um, if they had got engulfed, which I know you said that, but if they had got right. engulfed, they would have been fried, right? They would be. Well, yeah, I, I, I say broken. engulfed, but I mean, as they're going away, you can definitely see the the rings of the wave around them. Yeah, I mean, they are sort of outrunning it, but I feel like they still get some of the wave's effects. I, I don't know. No, I, I just... like it. I like <laughs> I like that, even though they got just a touch of the wave, that they uh, that it may have impacted some stuff on the on the surface of the uh, of the ship. That would have been fun to see. <laughs> 
or maybe when they were going warp speed, you know, it's kind of like when you're, you know, you get a bug on your windshield and you hit the highway and the bug flies off. Maybe they started to form. And then when you hit warp speed, they, they just all went flying. <laughs> they all went flying. Yep. That's fun too. We, we need to, we need to make some parody videos. <laughs> I've only had skills. Okay. So uh, I have another, uh, another comment about these microbes, you know, yep. The gross, right? Is that what Other you said? Other than the gross. Other than the gross. Yes. Uh, but they bring back, t- for me, one of my uh, Star Trek original series nightmares. You know, I, I know <laughs> okay. I <get> it. <laughs> so, you tell. You tell. Uh, original series, I watched it when I was, I was little, like, you know, four-year-old, five-year-old Chris uh, reruns in the early 70s. And... There's there's episodes that have stuck out and uh, and there are episodes that have completely, I've completely forgotten about, but one of the ones that always, that I always forget about but gets brought back when I see this is uh, Operation Annihilate, and <laughs> that episode has the uh, what do we what are they called uh, the neural the neural parasites, uh, which were these flying jellyfish things. They were, I don't know, they were part of a larger organism, but they would, they made this horrible noise when they, it kind of almost like the noise these things make, this squelchy or like, no, they're vocalizing something. They're, they're making a noise. They're not just squelching. They're making a noise. And these things would, they were just hanging on walls in the original series and you couldn't shoot them with a phaser. And then they would, <laughs> They would actually fly off the walls and like land on people and try to take over their, I don't know, their brain or their neuro, their, you know, their body. And uh, that, that episode used to horrify me. It was something about, it. I think it was a combination of the, the noise they made and how quickly they just kind of jumped off the wall and you never expected it. <laughs> you know, like, oh God. And uh, these guys are very similar in appearance to those neural parasites. Not a fan. I'm just rock. I'm rocking back and forth as I'm talking to you. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember that episode, and I actually had to go and look at it when you told me about it, and I totally remember, and probably would have night have had nightmares thinking about that. I must have. It must have been in the dark recesses of my mind. Yeah, there's all these little moments of of uh, of the original series that pop into my head. There was the um, oh God, I don't remember what episode it was, but it was the one with the the sunflowers that they were on a planet that was like all, you know, Eden-like, but there was the sunflowers that all had all these like thorns on them, and I think they like Spock leaned in like to smell the flower or something, and it actually shot like twenty thorns right into his chest. <laughs> and I remember the kid like, "Oh my god, the sunflowers are killers!" So I have all these. Clearly, I've been. I guess I've been scarred by Star Trek in some ways. Um, this this podcast is cathartic for me. Maybe, yeah, maybe we're we're working out all our demons, our Star Trek original series demons. So, anyway, uh, I'll try I'll uh, try to post a uh, a clip of the neural parasites on the the Facebook Listener Federation, so you guys can all enjoy the terror. Right. <laughs> uh, are we going to talk about David's coat now? This is a good time, right? There's a good shot of it. This is a good shot of his coat. Yeah. Okay. So. It's got the huge popped collar. It does. Right. Uh, 
it's got the cool the cool padding, which is pretty consistent in the Star Trek universe right now for whether it's the turtlenecks on, turtlenecks on the uniforms uh, or the casual wear that we've seen, you know, McCoy in uh, or the or the chairs on the starships. You know, it's all it's all this kind of uh, rippled padding. Um, but I think this is a leather coat, right? It looks leather, and it's uh, you know, it goes down below the waist a little bit, you know, so it's 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 a longer coat, which I think it gives it good, some good style. It's inspired by members-only jackets. Oh, it has to be with those with those clips, those uh, snaps that are on the collar. Yeah, <laughs> it totally has to be, and the snaps on the shoulders. It totally is members-only. Totally members-only. Um, you mentioned you don't well, to, you don't like what what. I was going to say we'd have to do some research to see if members only actually provided the the jacket, like if they did did something for the jacket. In the credits, we'll see if there's a special thank you. <laughs> thank you to members only for oh, David's jacket. Uh, he still has the badge. I know you said you don't like the badge, right? Or the I'm not a big um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the badge. No. I like the badge. I I I, I liked it in, on on regular and. Um, Maybe this is like part of his ID that he just has to carry around with him, you know. So it's it's on all of his clothing. That's my. But I feel like this is just obnoxious. I don't know why. Is it because again the lighting is too odd here and it looks too? You can almost see too much detail. It almost looks like an afterthought to me. It because of the way it's sewn on, it just does not look like they were like, "Hey, wait a minute, he he needs something on that jacket." You know, costuming, get over there and slap a badge on his. And then the other thing I really, I like, well, not so much the jacket, but just the shot of, of David and Savick, you know, looking down in disgust. Yeah. You get to see a good shot of the tricorder. Mm, and, yeah. But one thing I, the question I have for you is, uh, does he have it turn around backwards? Because it looks like he's showing it to us. <laughs> you can, yeah, I have to, I have to wonder, I don't. Maybe he can see stuff on the other side. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's uh, like oh look, I get to see all the you know some controls and some lights and a little display and like this is cool. But yeah, I guess I'm used to normally seeing the backs of them. Total aside, as we are want to do here, go on tangents. Um, something I didn't notice before, and I'm gonna since we're talking about clothing, um, Savic no longer is wearing the orange turtleneck. So does that mean she's no longer a cadet? Oh yeah, you're right. Well, you're right. And I would say she's wearing a she's wearing a white turtleneck. Yeah, I would say yes. But she was a lieutenant. No, she was lieutenant junior grade, I think, in Rathacon. Yep. Uh, but she was also a cadet. She was a cadet. Uh, I would I would think, given everything she's well, God, everything she's gone through, did she get a like what is that a field promotion? Because she transferred yep, from Enterprise yep. to Grissom. Right. <clears throat> so did did Kirk just promote her in the field? I have to wonder. That's a really good we question. We do still see some of the. Yeah. We still see some of the people with the orange turtleneck on the. You know, when we first come back, but she clearly, you know, unless her orange shirt is in the laundry and she borrowed borrowed one from another, you know, officer. No, I think just. But given, I would think that yeah, given the fact that she's uh, been assigned to the Grissom, uh, she's she's not a cadet anymore. Right. Well, congratulations, Savick. Yeah, exactly. Bravo. She graduated. You know, so then David David says his line, and then Savick responds with, but how could they have evolved so quickly? Yeah. Great um, question. 
A great question. And then David takes a step forward. And then I'm going to ask the question here. Do the microbes have some sort of sentience, I guess is the word I'm looking for? Do they have some knowledge? Because when David steps forward, they sort of move out of the way. They totally move out of the way. So they, they know something. So coming. does that mean they... So do they have some sort of instinct, whether it's a primal instinct or, you know, are they, they're no longer microbes. So are they, you know, I guess life, are they, is that the right way to put it? I mean, were they original, you know, microbes life? I mean, would they, they, they just bigger life? I know that's sort of, yeah, they're evolved. I'm, they're evolved. I'm, not a, I'm not a scientist, man. I'm just like, I have to wonder, like, do they, is it, you know. Oh yeah, no. I would say they've got some. They've got some smart smarts there. They're bigger. They're not. Well, they're not a microbe. They're not an amoeba. They're not. They don't have legs. Not that they necessarily have to have legs, because you know of evolution, they could fly. Which you know, in my nightmares, they're going to fly. Uh, so yeah, I would say they've got some. They've got some smarts. <laughs> and I'm, I'm. I keep. I'm. I'm watching the the him step over and over again and the more i just watch that couple of seconds of his foot coming in and the creatures moving out of the way the more i'm seeing them as special effects and not <laughs> live animals yeah they don't yeah, all, yeah. You, you know they're just getting pulled by strings <laughs> oh yeah definitely <laughs> which again harkens me back to that episode you were talking about at the about the neuralizing parasites where they were flying around on strings God, it was so bad. They were flying around on strings, but so good. This doesn't. So I, I don't like the the microbes and or the macrobes or whatever we're going to call them now at this point. Um, I don't find them as scary though as I do the seti eel. Uh, why is that? Probably because the seti eel goes in your ear. <laughs> we don't know what these guys might do. These guys might go up his pant leg. Yeah, and, in, and in some ways, to be honest with you, that's scarier than something going in my ear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't see it. It's in my pan leg. <laughs> or they could fly. What if these things like flew like Operation Annihilate? Like the, like the neural parasites? Yeah, they could just come off the ground and like land all over his face. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, what's, well, okay, so here's, here's the thing. So these guys are slimy, right? Yes. Are they less scary because they're slimy? That the, you know, the seti eels were kind of more. Well, I guess the little guys were slimy. I was thinking more the adult, yeah. the parent one. They were kind of like you know, look, they had like a crusty shell, and they had the you know, they were cranky and had fangs. Um, these guys are just. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the way that we're seeing them. I don't know if it's you know the, partially the music that Khan is ha, has them. I don't. There's a whole bunch of things that make the seti eel. I think terrifying here i'm just like at this moment i don't know if i'm you know terrified or more i'm like you know like that's kind of gross right right well it's it's amazing it's amazing the things you can do with filmmaking and music and editing you know to turn right to make something ominous and terrifying versus you know just gross or cut or cuddly you know they could have made this thing cuddly like oh they're so cute you know but yeah, you know, we don't have any fun. We don't have any fun, happy-go-lucky music going on with these guys right now. Um, uh, no, but yeah. So I think uh, that's really all the notes I had f- for this minute. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff on the on the on the worms and the jacket and um, 
my my big my kind of takeaways from the minute was well the great cliffhanger ends on with them opening the tube yeah right? so they open the tube and they're both looking in and like yep. that's it that's it um and the the uh, and i'm surprised you haven't mentioned it already dave the foreshadowing that is just dropped here with sapphic asked the question how did they evolve so quickly Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right, which is going to be that question is going to play the whole rest of the movie is going <laughs> to. You know, oh, yeah. It's all centered around the answer to that question. Um, oh, I apologize. I had one more note. Did you have any other notes? I keep talking over you. I don't. I'm good. Okay, but I did have one other note. Okay. And it was the close up, the close up of the Mark VI. Uh, the, the, there, it's a label. Uh, the first time you see a nice close-up of the Mark VI, it's obviously a big sticker slapped on the side of the photon tube. And I was disappointed, oh, really? I was disappointed in that because I always thought it was just painted right on the surface. Mm. So, and again, that just so many other questions come up when the photon tube is launched and it looks like it's a ball of fire. So you're saying the sticker yeah. that's on the cover on the outside no, of it's, it's, fire, it's, it's, fire, it's fireproof, it's fireproof, man. Fireproof, okay. It's, it's, it's future technology. It's the future. It's a future sticker. All right, man. Well, then on that note, I'm all set for this minute. Um, well, folks, I guess speaking of stickers, while you're waiting for us to come back, why don't you head over to tpublic.com at Star Trek Minute and check out our uh, all our T-shirt designs, which also come in sticker form. Uh, they are not fireproof, unfortunately. They will... <laughs> <laughs> photon-proof. Not photon-proof, but they are very cool. And uh, every purchase you make at T-Public, the percentage of that goes back to the show, helps us with all our... Uh, you know, production costs and whatnot. So uh, uh, definitely check that out. And we're going to be back on Wednesday <laughs> talking about Minute 32 of Star Trek, the Sur- Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye. <laughs>